We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Back jumper. Got it! Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's easier to be proud of Blue Wire than it is to be proud of the Milwaukee Bucks lately. Unfortunately, we are brought to you this time by NFL Sunday Ticket, Deal Dash, and of course, the iconic betonline.ag. And I I, I was going to do a clean segue to how we're also brought to you by Rohan. I guess that doesn't really make sense that much, but I mean, I, I'm disjointed. I'm really just reflecting the Bucks at this point, uh, who are also disjointed. I've, I've taken two shots already at them. There's going to be more. Obviously, I am here with Rohan Kadi. How's it going, Rohan? You know what? Uh, we were talking before the show started about how this has just been a Monday. This yeah. has been a Monday, and this Bucks game against the Raptors just completely just 
fed into that notion and made it even worse. It like, was like the most Mondayest of games possible. It was truly fitting that it took place on a Monday. If you're if you're a Bucks fan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for the Raptors, it was fine. Um, for the Bucks, definitely. I mean, just think of all the things that went into this game. We find out. So Giannis is marked as questionable, or he's on the injury report he was with a toothache. Yesterday. He was probable with a toothache. Today, out of nowhere, we get this news that he's out with oral surgery, which like sounds. So if it's like the middle of the season, it's one of those things you go, oh, ha, whatever. It's not a normal middle of the season. Like the questions are like, is he, does he have to leave the bubble for this? Like how serious is it? Like, is he going to have to quarantine and come back? Like nobody knew anything. This came out of nowhere. Are we going to get any fun pictures of him having swollen cheeks? Like, yeah, like <laughs> what is literally what is happening somehow, you know, my favorite part of this, and this is how, you know, the bucks and Giannis's camp in particular are airtight with stuff. The only reason we knew, like, before Bud told everybody and then before we actually saw him that he was in the bubble and everything is because Joe Varden of The Athletic happens to bump into him in a hallway somewhere. That was the scoop. That was the scoop that we knew he was around and healthy enough to work out. Pure happenstance. The Bucks run a tight ship. They don't let a lot of news break. But it seems like Giannis is fine. He was there the whole game. I mean... Like, physically, I think he's fine. Like, emotionally, he's probably pretty drained like the rest of us. Um, mouth probably hurts. Mouth probably hurts, too. Oral yeah, good, surgery good point. is rough. Like, I don't know if I'm just in the, like, in the small group here when I say that my wisdom, like, uh, wisdom teeth surgery was just awful. I haven't had that done yet. Fingers crossed oh, it doesn't lucky. come up. Yeah, you're lucky. I, I had I to have all four taken out. Ooh. And I was swollen for like a week and a half and just in pain for like two and a half. I never, I thought I was never going to get better. Man. It was rough. Oh, but we're fine. I, hopefully, I don't, that's, so that doesn't seem like that's what Giannis is going through. I feel like there'd hopefully. be a lot of different prognosis. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's, they're being very intentionally vague, I think, with oral surgery. But of course, Bud never gives up anything. So Bud is like, I, I, think, I have an idea, but I'm just going to say oral surgery because I'm not a dentist. I was like, really, Bud? You I don't, you have teeth. someone said it was to repair a tooth. That, that, that makes the most sense, I think. Like a crown or something. A filling. I guess. I I'm think not, that makes I'm the most sense. I'm not worse in dental surgery. I'm offending someone no, in my I'm personal life right now, but uh, <laughs> I won't go into that. But <laughs> it's just, it could be anything realistically yeah. but he's like like you said he seems fine he was at the game he just didn't play he worked out today as well yeah he just yeah, didn't thank play. you joe varden yeah thanks joe varden for being at the right place in the right time which is honestly a lot of good reporting but so at least that doesn't seem like that much of a concern but what a monday way for the day to start right like this little panic like what's going on is Leonis going to be around for the start of the playoffs we really didn't know i expected probably my thing was always this like if it's wisdom teeth usually they can see if those are going to be a problem and impact, I think, is the verbiage used a little ways out, right? Like when I go to the – and I'm also not an expert. Please don't. I'm not a dentist. Kind of be cool to be one maybe. I don't know. But like <laughs> when I go to the dentist, they're like, it doesn't look like these are going to be a problem for a while. We'll check back and we'll see if they're going to be a problem down the road. It seems like it's something that my dentist, who is probably not on par with the honest's dentist, although I do have a very good dentist – like, it seems like it's something they can kind of see coming from far away. So I was initially skeptical. I was like, it doesn't seem like that would, like, have crept up on them and come up at this worst possible time. But you never know. But it doesn't seem like it's that serious. That's what we're hoping, at least. But the day got even more Mondayer from there as the Bucks came out. Well, actually, before the game even started, we had Dripgate. Yeah, and that's especially, 
painful for Bucks fans. Yes. Uh, so I guess just to say we had a report. I think who had it first? Was it Rachel Nichols who had it? Yeah, Initial? Rachel Nichols was the one who tweeted out that. Well, because I, I saw somebody tweeted before this. I, I apologize. I don't remember who. But it was like officials are gathered at midcourt for some sort of an issue. But then they said it was a lighting thing. And then Rachel Nichols comes through and says, there's a steady dripping from the roof. And the rest of her tweet, just like completely befuddling, just basically like they're going to just try to stop it up, keep an eye on it and play anyway. Wipe wipe it off during timeouts. Like, just, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. understand. They said it was like one to two drops every couple minutes. Which, it doesn't sound like a lot, but... It's still excess moisture on the court. And like I said earlier, what I was alluding to yes. earlier in the sense that Chris Middleton, you know, infamously slipped on a wet spot and just uh, tore his hamstrings off the boat. Oh, uh, my God. What a brutal. So, and that completely lost his season. I mean, yeah. he, did, he did return late, but that feels like eons ago now. That really does. But it, it uh, cost him the better part of a season. And, you know, of course, when he came back, he wasn't 100% right away. He, yeah, he really had to play his way back. in the roof of the Cousin Center. Yep. Yep. And now and we have a leak in the roof of whatever arena this is that they were playing in. Um, I always so. forget. Um, but yeah, and I, I couldn't believe that everybody on both sides was fine with playing. If that's truly the case, I didn't hear much talked about it on, during the broadcast. I didn't see any follow-up reporting during the game. If I missed that, that's my bad. I didn't but see any either. A lot of guys were slipping. It felt like even more than the rest of the Orlando games. I mean, there were plays when like four guys would all slip and tumble over. Wes Matthews left the game after hurting uh, a leg, it seemed like. Pat Condon took a hard fall. I don't know if that the water played into Pat's fall at all and, and hit his head. It seems like Matthews and Condon are going to be okay. And honestly, I, I tweeted this a few times in my early analysis. If everybody gets out of this cursed wet floor game healthy... That's probably, I mean, it's definitely the most important thing. That's probably, you know, the only thing that really matters. But still, even even with that in mind, that my bar was that low for this game, the first half was still a bummer. It really was. It was just like we, like you said earlier, just the epitome of Mondays, just to start up before we even get into the game. But even when we start to get into the game, it was rough right from the get-go, if, if you're Milwaukee. Because yeah. you have just... Should we just dive right into this game? Yeah, let's get into this game. So, immediately. So, we see that the Raptors, who who did they not have? They didn't have Serge didn't, Ibaka, Kyle yeah. Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, uh, or Patrick McCaw for their game. One of these things is not like the other, but yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were trying to say, like, one of Ibaka, Lowry, and Van Vliet are way above the others. No, no, Not... no. Those three are all good. And then there's also Pat McCaw. Several-time world champion, <laughs> Pat McCaw. That's, that's my bad. Uh, and then with Milwaukee, obviously, like we said, uh, they didn't have Giannis in the lineup. So it's already like, uh, is this going like to be like a game that Bud sort of punts like he's been doing a couple times? Throughout the bubble, if he's punting it or the players are punting it, ooh, who knows? Mm. Um, but immediately, just they start getting cooked from the three-point line. Surprise, surprise. But I will say, didn't think the three-point defense was as bad in this game. Okay, that's okay. That is fair. They were I, actually I... contributing to uh, active closeouts. They weren't just being lazy. They weren't. Uh, they weren't trying to, you know, 
actively leave shooters open in the corners as much. It just happened on accident at some points. Like there was like a couple plays where it was just like loose balls leading to open threes, but you're still getting uh, open looks to your opponent and it's just they're falling and what are you supposed to do? That's, I, I mean, here's the thing. So Toronto hits 12 threes. They end up only shooting 30% surprisingly. And there is one interesting positive takeaway I had from this game, but I'm going to save it for now. Norm Powell is four for five and Matt Thomas is four for eight. Matt Thomas, Onalaska's finest, Matt Thomas. Hey, did I mean, you know that Matt Thomas is from Onalaska, Wisconsin? I, I have heard that Matt Thomas is from Onalaska, Wisconsin. I, but I'm so... Yeah, I don't know if the 7,000 times it was mentioned <laughs> in the Milwaukee broad, or the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast really put it through. <laughs> They know they know what their audience I'm is looking salty for. tonight. <laughs> I, I totally get that. Um but I, I don't think either of those guys was getting open, especially Powell. Norm Powell uh, Norm Powell is there's like there's a lot of Bucks killers in there's the league. There's Bucks killers and then there's Norm Powell. Norm Powell uh, on a tier of his own man, just phenomenal. And he was hitting shots with hands in his face today. It just it didn't matter. The hats off. Not much you can do about Norm Powell. I thought Matt Thomas too. I didn't think they let him get too open. But outside from those guys, only two other Raptors hit threes. One was Pascal Siakam, who was one for seven, so you live with that. And the other was freaking Chris Boucher, who was three for seven. And his goofy shot. I like Slim Duck, don't get me wrong. But not exactly a sniper either. I think so, yeah. Oh, maybe I'm I'm pretty sure. But he, yeah, like Matt Thomas and Chris Boucher having career nights tonight. That's just, it's something that, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this. But that seems like just the classic playoff game, you know, where you just have random guys just going off. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's like a lot of times the difference between two close opponents is if how many role players can get hot, how many role players can have a series where they're playing out of their minds. And it did not happen for Milwaukee tonight. It happened for Toronto. No, it didn't. But interestingly enough, I will say, although they technically weren't without him, Bucks basically play without Wes Matthews tonight who he does pull up his and on and exit the game with the leg injury a minute and a half in. So Milwaukee also basically without two starters. Toronto was losing an important bench piece in Serge Ibaka that the Bucks were not. Although one could argue they've been without Dante DiVincenzo for the entirety of the bubble. I, was, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> you knew. You knew where I was going with this. So, I mean, I don't know. This game, I think their bigger my bigger issues with the Bucks here was their offensive execution. I thought defensively, they didn't play that bad. They do end up holding Toronto to 30% from deep. Uh, they, the Raptors were 12 for 40. I think the Bucks' turnovers killed them, which we've seen so many times. They had 19 turnovers in this game. And they were even letting the Raptors get out in transition after just like missed shots, which that is on their defense. But I don't know. Overall, I didn't think it was the worst defensive game I've seen Milwaukee play, which is kind of encouraging because I've talked about this before, but I think like Giannis being able to basically clamp Siakam is huge for the, the series. I think that makes such a massive difference. They didn't even have Giannis tonight, and they played okay defense, but offensively, it was just a mess, especially in that first half, which is really what let the Raptors take this thing over, and that's a little bit more concerning. It just it seemed a lot of the times like it was an effort thing. You know? Yeah. Just like like you mentioned, the turnovers. I feel like we've been talking the last, like, what, two, three episodes about how they're turning the ball over at an alarming rate, and then they come out with in this game with 19 turnovers, like you just mentioned. It's just, it's unacceptable at this point, Yeah, you know? It's, you're gearing up for a deep, 
hopefully deep postseason <laughs> run and you're just turning the ball over 19 times in a game where especially without Giannis this would be a game where you know you have Chris Middleton you have Eric Bledsoe you have Brooke Lopez uh given you did lose Wesley Matthews a minute and a half in but you do have your like next three creators uh or your next three offensive weapons and just like main players so you would hope that hey maybe without Giannis they can start to get into a groove get more shots maybe the bench players can get more shots this is a game that you would take advantage of if you're Milwaukee and if you're those non-Giannis players no they come out here and they just they're just they look they look like they don't care yeah especially in the first half I I think the second half I I didn't think Chris was really going to play much after he first went out in the second half I think is correct but he ends up playing a bit more in the end of the third and early fourth quarter. And that, to me, was like probably the best, most redeeming part of this game. I mean, he, he cooked Pascal Siakam and uh, OG Ananobi a few times, which was big for me to see just because those two guys, especially Ananobi, are terrific defenders. It was nice to see him get a little bit of confidence even working against and as the primary option against a great defensive team. He also did get absolutely yammed down by OG. The Raptors, outside of Siakam, were really feeling it tonight, especially with the dunks. Boucher absolutely murked Middleton and Ersan. My goodness, what a dunk that was. Raptors team is fun, but... You know, it's see that... Uh, Boucher also had, like, a double-clutch uh, uh, move over, I think it was Ersan or Brook. Um, double-clutch yeah. layup. And it remind it just this is there's a little pain, but it, it's like man, man, what if Thon could do that? You know? Yeah, that that was a theme for me throughout this game. Not Thon in particular. I didn't think of Thon in particular, but the Raptors just get so many of these fringe guys that turn into real players, and that that's definitely something they have over the Bucks. I mean, Milwaukee has a deep team because they've acquired a bunch of useful veterans, mm-hmm. but they have players of, that want to be there that don't want to leave. That's oh. Oh, sheesh, Rohan. Um, my goodness. But the Bucks outside of Dante, who, again, has been awful in the bubble, uh, have not really developed that many guys. I mean, Chris and Giannis, but they're not, not young guys anymore. You know what I mean? They don't have that development curve, and that's a bummer. It would be a lot easier to, you know, you just feel better, especially long-term going forward. I mean, right now it's it's obviously very useful to have the vets, but that is something that the Bucks do need to get – ahead of that to start doing more of that it's good that you know they have been bringing Dante along this season they need to continue with stuff like that you need to keep guys like Frank Mason in the pipeline I would say like Cam Reynolds but we don't even know what's going on with that situation that remains super weird and and problematic but yeah I don't know so I I guess I wanted to ask before we get into the ad read here which obviously is coming up real listeners know What's your overall level of concern? And we can pop around to this game and the Mavericks game, which close game, kind of fun game. I mean, Luka just fried him. Luka's going to do that. And I have some thoughts about that game as well, of course. But just overall level of concern. I mean, this is, we're basically in like what would be like like game 78-ish right now of the regular season, which usually, you know, you don't care that much. But still, I, I it's don't, been bad. I, I don't like that comparison because... Th- in a normal game 78, you haven't had a pause from basketball for four and a half months. You know? Correct. You don't need to work yourself back into shape. You don't need to work yourself back into that basketball mindset. And you would take advantage. You would hope that they take advantage of these games to, you know, really start gearing up for the playoffs instead of, you know, putting up games like this. I, In my opinion, that's not really gearing up for the playoffs. 
that's just biding your time and hoping that you can flip the switch. And that's the, that's a mindset that I do not want these, this Milwaukee Bucks team to have. Because having a flip the switch mentality usually, correct me if I'm wrong here obviously, but usually does not end up going very well. No, no, usually, I mean, the Cavs kind of made it work sometimes. Um, the Cavs are different. LeBron is different. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> LeBron is, LeBron in year, whatever it was, even at that point, is a lot different than, than this, you know, old role players, but young core Bucks team. Um, I mean, core being Giannis. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned now. I, my, so I, if, if you remember, my whole thing was I thought the Heat game was going to be the start of the ramp up, and then they would play hard against Dallas, hard in this game, basically take the Wizards game off. Uh, and then what the only game left after that is the Memphis. Grizzlies. And then I could see either way. I mean, it's the game before the playoffs. That's not, not really that important. But it's certainly been disappointing. I didn't think they completely let go of the rope against Dallas. I think Luka just fried them. Uh, I think there were some some rough patches, but they did stay in it the whole time. And I mean, Luka's just really good. And, and honestly, like, I, sometimes I, I think in that game, like their three-point defense, which got killed for that game because, of course, I thought they actually did a pretty good job of like surrounding Luka with bodies when he did drive. Where, like 99% of the league, that's like a miss shot or a turnover because like, you just can't find the open three-point shooter when you're between like Wes Matthews and Giannis and Brooke Lopez and all those arms. And yeah. that guy was just able to do it. Like That guy mm-hmm. just beat them. And so to me, that game... I was like, it stinks. I wanted them to win. They just they needed to get like one rebound out of like three attempts. Yeah. I mean, there were some times when they just came up short like that. But like, it's a close game all the way through. They never totally let go of the rope. I thought they played okay. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. This game was worse. But I do, I will say, I think for both teams, and I mean, the Raptors just came out and played better. I think they're, they're younger overall. I mean, although they are the reigning champions, a lot of those guys, especially your, your Matt Thomas's and your Norm Powell's have a lot to prove. Whereas like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to make excuses. The Bucks need to be better. Like, I don't want to sugarcoat it like that. They need to play a lot better. Uh, they didn't in this game. It still ends up being closer than it probably should be because of a lot of garbage time late. But I'd say this game was like, I, I, <sighs> There's like bad trends, but I think this game was worse than the last few. I, I don't think like I, I don't know if this is even that comparable in my mind to the Dallas game where it seemed like they made some strides forward. They just didn't play well at all. But I mean, it is tough against a very good defensive team and just a very good executing team on both ends, even without some important guys, without Giannis, because everybody down on the Bucks has to like step up a level of importance. Like Chris has to be the guy offensively. Uh, Wes, who exits early, and Brooke have to be the guys defensively. Like, everyone just has more responsibility, and that's tough against the Raptors, who just, like, I was thinking this today, the Raptors will not lose a game. Like, you can beat them. They're not They're not more talented than the Bucks, and they're not more talented than some of the teams out West, but they're not going to, like, roll over and let you get the win. Like, you need to beat them. They're going to execute. They're not just going to come out here and lose a game and, and collapse, and, and we saw that tonight. They didn't. Um, so... As concerning as it is, I don't know. Like, out of 10, I'd probably say I'm a level 4 concerned right now. You know what? Just to, just to say, I like, I don't know. I feel like I'm at, at between, like, a 5 and a 6. That's fair. I figured you'd be around a 6. Just... I think a 6 is fair. I think an 8 or higher is unfair. And I think a 2 or lower is probably a bit head in the sand. I think we've seen concerning things. Like... 
just one thing that we can't get too far away from is just the turnovers. We've been talking about this game after game after game, pod after pod, and then they put up 13 turnovers against the Mavericks, 19 turnovers against the Raptors. Like, can you just can you just take care of the basketball? Like, is that yeah. too much to ask for? Especially against a team that's elite in transition like the Raptors. Like, and making it easy on them, but not even trying sometimes on defense uh, in transition. Just like, you're just giving them free points. Like you said earlier, That I think you put it really well when you said that you have to beat the Raptors. They won't, like, beat themselves. Um, in order to beat teams, like, actually, talent, like, really talented teams in, like, the finals or something, you have to, you know, beat them. They will not just, they won't just roll over, like you said. It's, I don't know, just like taking care of the basketball. It seems like such a simple thing, but they can't seem to do it in the bubble. Yeah, no, I I think it's certainly been problematic. I think the worst of it has come against either in games where they're just not playing a lot of guys and they're short on ball handling or just against really good defenses. Um, so like some of the stuff like I'm but looking at that's gonna the t- happen, Ty. No, you're I know gonna it face is. I know. really good defenses. <laughs> no, I know you're gonna face really good defenses, but I mean like, um, Corver had three turnovers tonight. Robin Lopez had a really bad turnover that led to a fast break points. Uh, Dante had five of them, five of the nineteen. I we're gonna have to have some tough Dante conversations if he doesn't turn this around by the end of the Orlando series that's coming up. Oh, the the Magic are locked in as the Bucks round one opponent. We kind of haven't talked about that. and We'll get some more to that later. We'll get more to that after the seeding games. We'll preview that. But just if you missed that, it will be Orlando in round one. Chris had four. So Chris, Chris's turnovers are like the most concerning to me. Most of the rest of them, like Dante is just imploding. Kyle Korver, I never want to dribble uh, in games that matter. I've been very clear about my feelings on Kyle Korver dribbling. I, I don't like it at all. I'm very anti-Kyle Korver dribbling. But the rest, like Pat You're had anti-fun, one. anti Ty. I'm I'm pro winning. That's <laughs> Pat has one. Brooke Lopez has one. Eric Bledsoe has two, but he also has eight assists. George Hill has one. Marv has one, and Robin Lopez has one. So it's like outside of Chris having a ton, none of the other real rotation players outside Dante um, had a lot. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to cut down a little bit when they're playing more serious and like hopefully. I, I think this is something they will do. I hope this is something they will do when they're more focused on you know, kind of cutting out some of the fat on offense, like less possessions of like Robin Lopez dribbling from one part of the floor to another, trying to find someone to pass to. I'm, I'm hoping they're more cohesive and on offense. Like I think you're less likely to see turnovers if they're sticking with like set plays revolving around Giannis and Chris. I'm hoping that cleans up some of it. Um, I think some of the stuff has come from, they really have played a lot of junk ball in the bubble. And I, I'm, again, I'm not trying to make excuses. I wish they wouldn't do this, but I just think they've not taken a lot of this seriously. And I think without Giannis as early on, I, I just, they just did not look that enthused to be playing this game. Yeah. And that circles back to what I was saying earlier about how you need to take these games seriously because this is the only warm up you really have. Uh, well, first round. That's, that's fair. Uh, sorry, Orlando Magic fans, if you exist. Um, <laughs> I just insulted them anyway. So, uh, But, yeah, I guess the first round counts, but it's like, how much would it really count? You know, are they going to take that seriously? Like, when are they going to yeah. start taking it seriously? I, I think they're going to. When I, you're I actually, mean, like, down in a series? 
Let's hope not there. That's kind of what happened last year with the uh, Celtics series, though. I don't know. I, I think it is – it's starting to become a bit concerning. Like I said, I'm at a 4 out of 10. If they if they ta- if they they play the rotation guys the next two games and don't win both of them, I'd probably creep up to a 5. But as long as everybody's like relatively healthy outside of oral surgeries and stuff, I don't think I'll go higher than a 5 until we see them in the first round. I think – it was Brooke Lopez who FS Wisconsin had on an interview early in the game. And he kind of is talking about like, I think he said something like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, you guys could see like, there'd be temptation in us not playing like as hard as we could in these games. But he came around and said like, they actually are, but the way he started it, even then kind of made me think like the way he's approaching this kind of makes me feel like the second half of his answer is BS and the first half is where the truth actually is. I don't know. I, 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 again, I keep saying this. I'm really not trying to carry water for the Bucks and make excuses. They've not played well enough. They need to play They're losing a lot games, better. Ty. We're not used I know to this. this. We're not. We're not used to this whatsoever. I, I do think taking just the win-loss record is a little reductive of their last nine or whatever. I mean, they blew some of them with like nobody starting okay, I mean, against okay. Phoenix. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to count the. I'm not going to count the pre bubble games. Yeah, the, the, that's what I mean. That's that's the fun number right now, though, right? They've lost seven of the last nine or whatever. That's that's a weird way to look at it. They've played bad in the bubble uh, sometimes without guys, sometimes not. I don't know. They need to play better. I think they will. I think they can. I think they will. They have. About six games, maybe seven games before the real competition starts in the second round. So I think these are the tune-up games. I think now you really need to start the ramp up. Like I said, my preference was to basically be ramped up by now for various injury and, and other reasons. I mean, maybe desire reasons. They've not. We need to see it soon, though. It's not past the point of no return. It's not complete doom and gloom. But we do need to see it soon. I mean, there's... I feel like I've been a pretty strong Bucks optimist. For me to be at a four level of concern feels significant. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's it's proof that, you know, there's actually something bad, you know, that's going on. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I just, like, I don't know how to feel watching these games, Ty. I just, I don't know. Like, I was watching this Toronto game, and I'm just... I'm just caught in between the two mindsets that we've been discussing here. Like, it's just, like, tough to decide whether this is actually relevant or not. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Every, everything is relevant. Um, I'm having a I breakdown. Think, uh, <laughs> that's understandable uh, in this current climate of Bucks basketball. Yeah. It's Here's just... the thing. I, I'm looking for smaller things. So, I... I just generally... This is the same logic I used for the Heat comeback, but... They've been such a good team. I don't think when they're all healthy and motivated that they're going to not be good. I think they can be rusty. I don't think they're just going to be bad. So I've been looking for small things. So silver linings. George Hill, very good tonight. Uh, I think he was four for eight from deep. Kyle Korver was phenomenal. I don't know if that matters. Again, I don't, I'm don't. i not a big Kyle Korver proponent. But George Hill was very good. Bledsoe had some moments. He ends up four for 11, I think, from the field. But like I said earlier, did have eight assists and also seven rebounds, which for for a Bledsoe game, I wouldn't say that's bad. I thought so it was a pretty bad. solid Bledsoe game. He looked explosive. Yeah. He looked like he was getting back into his old self. And I've said this before. He, If the Bucks are going to win the title or be them best, their best selves, Eric Bledsoe needs to be at the peak of his powers. And he looks like he's getting back into a rhythm, which is great to see. Just yeah. I, I like to see him dishing out the ball, you know, taking control a little bit, just like asserting himself a little bit. 
you know, in moderation. Um, yes. But just just seeing that was actually a good thing to see. I thought it was savvy to play in most of the fourth quarter. You, yeah, get him some run against some, yep. you know, not so great players. Uh, so just, you know, get him back into a rhythm. I thought it was a real real good coaching move by Bud. I did too. One of one of not very many in this game. Um, Pat Connaughton continues to look good too. Hopefully he's okay and not, not concussed. He did fall and hit his head pretty hard, but... He just played really well in the bubble, and I guess if there's any solace to be had in Dante's poor performance, Pat has been like right there, like seemingly in a perfect, like snatch your minutes position. Pat ends up in 21 minutes with 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, four for eight from the field, just two for six from deep. But the shot looks good. I, I don't. I, I feel like it looks better than it has looked before. He looks very comfortable shooting threes, and it's not like two for six is a terrible night. I mean, 33% is like a fine, like, variance mm. three-point shooting out, night. what was it, four for four from the field, I think? I think so, yeah. I think he made his first four shots, and, and one or two of them was threes, the and then he missed some, yeah. Which so, is not great, but... It's, at least he had those shots that he made, uh, which is, you know, uh, an upgrade from the Pat Conson we saw during the regular, uh, pre, yeah. pre-hiatus regular season. But Pat I guess, picking yeah. up a minus 18 team low feels Oof. very unjust. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even realize. <laughs> very unjust. The, honestly, the plus minus for this game is the drunkest thing I've ever seen in my plus life. Plus minus is kind of junky. Do you know who led the team in plus minus? Guess the player uh, I do. you'd expect I do. least. I do. Oh, you do. I, okay. I, I know the answer. <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo, plus 10. Just impossible. Oh, I literally man. think there's an he error. Like, sucked. <laughs> he led to so many di- Toronto points directly. Like, directly. He could not handle the ball. He had one assist and five turnovers. He scored six points on nine shots. How is it even possible that the Bucks won his minutes by 10 points? Like, I literally... I feel like there's an error. Like that does not seem possible. It's he just, sabotaged possession after possession. Yeah, he really did. He, what was the one that jumped out to me? Like he did have some good plays. He had that um, uh, contest from behind where he blocked the shot from I can't remember from who in the fourth quarter, I believe, and then yeah. that immediately turned into a loose ball uh, uh, possession, and then. Uh, the Raptors got the ball back and it led to a wide open three because Dante fell down. Like, I think Chris Boucher missed the, missed the three, but it was just like in a perfect encapsulation of Dante's night. Actually, yep. maybe not. Cause he started the sequence out on a good play. Um, but, <laughs> but that was, it was, he, he had a couple, he had a steal as well. He did make some shots, but I think it took until the fourth quarter for me to feel like he strung together more than one good play in a row. His whole he, night was he like strung he strung together something... more than one good play in a row. That happened. I think he got to two at one point. Whoa! I did. Wow. <laughs> okay. I guess I must have missed some. Um, it was like he'd have like a, a drive that looked good, and then he'd get blocked or not finish it, and then so it's not. I'd go. I'd go. Okay. Listen. It low bar for Dante right now, Rohan. Just. Um. And I go, okay, well, at least the drive looked good. And then he's, like, really quiet on defense. And then he's just, like, dribbling directly into a, a waiting Raptor, waiting to, to initiate a fast break. And then he's missing a bad shot. And then it's been rough. Taking it's a been really bad. Three. It's been really bad. Oh, my God. I got to do the ad break. We're at 32 minutes. No. <laughs> this is not a smooth transition. But you know what is smooth? Sunday. 
Sunday Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Rohan just muted to laugh. You're not slick, Rohan. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels are included, so you never miss your favorite teams and favorite players, no matter where you live. NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. Folks, get on it. You can't go see the Packers in person for at least the first two weeks, but you can get NFL Sunday Ticket by visiting NFLSundayTicket.tv and using promo code BLUEWIRE. So go get on that. Support the show. Speaking of support and the show, have you ever heard of DealDash.com? None of my speaking ofs are connecting tonight. It's... I'm having a very Bucks performance in the ad reads. But DealDash is not struggling, folks. It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have more than 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up $0.01 cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock resets after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy right now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of all their other discounts. Just go to DealDash.com and use offer code EURO, G-U-I-R-O of course, or go to DealDash.fm slash EURO. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash G-Y-R-O. Go make it happen. Okay. What should we talk about now? I will have you know I muted myself to drink some water and for that reason only. Oh, you, mm-hmm. you tricked me. You, yep. you head faked me. I bought it. Uh, but yeah, so before the ad break, we were talking a little bit about Dante. Just a oh, little. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> do, you, do, we have, do we have anything else that we need to speak no, on I, this, man? So I, yeah, I do. I want to pose the, the question to you. So I tweeted this during the game. If he doesn't pull it together by the end of the, the Orlando series, I think you pull him from the rotation and you play him like spot minutes when they come up. Like, you know how Bud will like randomly insert a wing at some point if like the group needs a charge or something like that. That is that is what I said. I, I still stand by it right now. Obviously, it's something that is fluid. I, I said if he maintains this poor level of play. But that's, I mean, that's, I literally, I think, I think the Boston game was his only good game and he was in the middle of a good run. And in that game, I tweeted, he might play himself under the closing lineup. He's done the exact opposite of that. So I don't want to be too flip floppy, but he has been really bad. Yeah, what not, is in, your... not including this game uh, against the Raptors because NBA stats is not updated. Get um, on it, NBA stats. Honestly. Uh, so in the five previous games for the bubble, uh, he is averaging a whopping 5.8 points in 22.6 minutes per game on uh 32.4% shooting from the field. Uh do you want to guess how what he's shooting from 3? Is it sub 10%? Ooh, close. It's 12.5. Ah, there it is. Okay, 12.5% somehow shooting 50% from the line, but he doesn't get to the line a lot. Uh average he has a 1 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, 2.2 to 2.2, baby. So it's lower now. Yeah, it's, it's it very much to, lower. He is averaging tonight. more turnovers than assists. Ugh. It's just he he has a plus minus of minus point eight. It's just it's somehow rough. that's going up. But so did you say that since the Boston game or just in the bubble just in the bubble in general? 
So that's even including the good yeah. game. Yeah, it's just been really bad. So what do you think? Would you, if he continues to stink out loud, are you saying like he's out of the rotation oh, and your bench is? 100%. Okay, okay. You put Pat in his minutes. You play George Hill. You play yeah. Bledsoe a little bit more. Play West Matthews a little bit more. Hopefully he's okay. You just you just completely take him out of the rotation unless you have those spot minutes or it's a garbage time. The Tim Frazier Memorial Pistons minutes. <laughs> uh, so you just it like I honestly I don't know what to do at this point. You, he has two games to really show that he is worthy of a playoff spot. Um, I'll give him like fifteen a game in the Orlando series just to see because I do like the upside. But I'm glad we agree on this. No, that's a little because it's like you, there's little room for error in the NBA playoffs. Uh, yeah, especially in like a scenario like this, you just you have no room for if you want to be a champion, you have no room to have a player shoot you out of a basketball game, uh, throw the ball away so you lose possession. You have no room for that. So unless he proves in these next two games or in spot minutes during the Orlando series, he sh- he should be out of the rotation. I agree. And here's the biggest probably room for Bucks optimism. Like, how many of these problems are solved if Giannis and Chris are playing 38 to 40 minutes a night? That doesn't, Not all of them. That doesn't free up the guard minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Not free up. No, I know. But I just mean, like, overall play-wise. I mean, If you have more sure. of those guys. I think, I think it's just, like, there's going to be a lot of improvement right there. But, no, I mean, I think it doesn't free up the guard minutes. But between Bledsoe, George Hill, Wes Matthews, a little bit of uh, Pat Connaughton. I mean, you can... It's not like you need Dante to fill up the, what is it? Uh, what's 48 times 2? 96? The yes. 96 guard minutes per game. Like, you can do it without uh, without playing him very often at all. I mean, you could slide down and play more Marv if you wanted to. I'm I'm sure we're going to see some Corver here and there, but it is. At least it's Corver just, can shoot. That's, it certainly could tonight. They made him bleed, and he made them pay for it, Rohan. They really did. This is a real uh, real Rocky-type story right there, even though they didn't win. Also, I've never seen Rocky. Uh-oh. Also, you're thinking of Rambo. Rambo That's the word I'm first for. blood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rocky blood, too. And there was, there was a bloodline in Rocky as well. But um, <laughs> uh, I I'm just exposing pop, myself. Watch Rocky before Rambo and watch Creed before either. Old heads are going to be mad about that take. Let's just move on. Um, but it, it's just profoundly sad because Dante is like, like we, like I mentioned earlier, like the one super exciting young guy yeah, and to no, see him wait, just become no, a train don't, wreck. Don't get me wrong here. He can still be a good piece going forward. This is only, oh, yeah. this no, is no, basically yeah. his rookie season, but it's like, you can't, trust that type of player in the postseason you have no room for that that doesn't mean he can't become that that doesn't mean he has a lot of room like he doesn't have a lot of room going forward he can become a very important piece he's just not playing like a very important piece right now but that doesn't mean he can't be that in a year or two years yeah no i I definitely agree I, I, i wasn't writing off his his whole career but it's just like it's a bummer because in in this reality right here right now he was like the young guy, you know, it's like, Oh my God, now they have Dante. What's he going to become? And it's just like a source for even additional optimism on, on how well, on top of how well the rest of the team was playing. And now it's like, Oh, it's just, just an absolute eyesore out there. It's just such a bummer to see. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to harp on it too much. Like you said, he's basically a rookie. This may just be his sophomore wall that he's hit very, very hard. Like, Looney Tune style ran directly through it, except it's more painful than it usually is for Bugs Bunny. The Road Runner drew the uh, drew the fake uh, tunnel. 
and Wiley e. Coyote Dante just smack right into it. Someone Photoshop uh, that, please. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need to see that. But yeah, I don't know. That's been a bummer. But that's that's the thing I'm concerned most about. Like I think the rest of the stuff, just with cleaning up the rotations, like excising some of the the guys like Dante, unfortunately, who have played really poorly, um, playing the best players more and having them more locked in. Like I think. You just have to hope that internally they will improve on those things, like I the I, the free throws, yeah. the ball control. The Dante thing is more like I I don't know what they do about that besides just not playing him, and that's that just stinks. Yeah, Bud does have a rep. I mean, he does have a soft spot for Dante. It feels like, but he does yeah. have a reputation of like if you're not playing well, I'm going to pull you. You know. Yeah. Like that's no, like, that's I, I don't that's think, Pat yeah. Connaughton's role. You know, like he like you said earlier, he he is ready to take your minutes. And credit to him for staying ready, for dealing with, you know, the COVID positive testing, for getting the bubble late. Yeah. He was ready Shout from day one. Shout out to Pat. He came to work. He's, do, he's doing a good job. Shout out to Pat Conson. Even while running a real estate business and taking money from J.J. Redick on the side and and all the other stuff and, and having a rough season so far. I don't know if he actually took money from J.J. Redick, but J.J. Redick seemed very intrigued by the proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Conson, hop on the Eurostep to talk real estate. Yeah, Pat Connaughton, confirm or deny if J.J. Reddick invested. I just killed a spider with a screwdriver. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's just Monday, man. It's a big-time Monday. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's not – I don't think any of their problems are unsolvable to just circle all the way around to the big picture. Um, I, I think all of them are solvable. Uh, you hope Dante just plays better. If he absolutely doesn't, you can excise him from the rotation, although – my thing all season was like, if Bledsoe really Bledsoe is super hard, they could do that to him. I don't know if you can do that to both guys. So that could be, become problematic. I mean, losing a deaf piece would obviously really, could potentially really hurt them and probably would really hurt them. But like the turnovers, the ball control, the, the fouling, the lack of free throws. Like, I don't think that stuff is just all of a sudden, they're, they're just terrible at all those things and they will be. I think they need to work to snap out of it. They have you know, a bit of a runway before taking off into the real playoffs to do that. They just need to start right now and really focus on it. But I'm not, I'm not doom and gloom. I'm not giving up. I don't think they're losing in the second or third round, but they need to get their bleep together or they very well could. Yeah. It's just, I also feel like Giannis really sets the tone. Like, yes, if, I mean, we've seen games where he plays, we've seen games where he doesn't play, where he doesn't play like the, uh, the Brooklyn game where he only plays the first half, right? Am I remembering correctly? I've yes. like blocked that out of my memory at this point, yeah. even though it's yeah. been like a week. Uh, <laughs> that was like the start of the slide down, and it's mostly besides the Heat game gotten worse from there. Yeah, it's when when he doesn't play, it feels like the rest of the team doesn't really they don't really care as much because I feel like I feel like the players always talk about oh, well, like with Giannis, we can do we know we can do anything, you know? It's like yeah. Uh, I made the, I made the correlation in my head, like the Pelicans, when they play with Zion, like they play like a contender. And then when he's off the court, they play like they're a YMCA scrimmage squad. So like they played both of the things like a YMCA scrimmage squad in the bubble, but before the bubble, before the bubble, yes, they played like a contender. I should, I should emphasize that because the Pelicans were an absolute train wreck, um, this season and they're not going to make the playoffs. Sorry, Adam Silver. Um, (laughs) But it's just like that mentality when you're playing. I don't know if this is actually true or not, obviously, but like that mentality of playing with a player like Giannis where it's like, oh, yeah, we can win when this guy's on our team. Just like 
I don't know if that really helps in terms of like taking care of the basketball or like caring about the game in general, but it could. It could. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think there's a lot of things you can look at and go, it makes sense that they're not going balls to the wall in, in these games. And I, again, I think the two, where they, the two of the, the two of the, what, four recent, or one was a win, but like two of the last four games that were competitive. And one of them, they ended up winning by double digits. Like Giannis plays the whole game and they're just generally motivated and, you know, there were some issues in the Dallas game, but I thought it was okay so-so overall. And it's a close game that goes to OT that very well could have been a win if Giannis didn't miss some free throws. Like, they could have won that in regulation. Oh, and they, they easily the could have won that in regulation. Giannis yeah. makes some free throws. George Hill, wide open three. Get some rebounds. Like I mean, Brooke Lopez had a really good look at a tip in, like, the final second. They just didn't go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a close game that, that was almost a W. The Heat game was a W. The Brooklyn game, they don't play anybody. This And this game, obviously, is without Giannis. So it's like... It's not like they've been fully healthy running a playoff rotation and just stunk. So again, my, my overall my overarching point is this. Certainly there are issues here. And I should say credit to the Raptors who just played a really, really good game today, as they always do. Um, that hurt Bump me to say. But, I know, I know. But it's it, true. We, I have, have a pulled. <laughs> I know, I, you, you really do. Um, but it's, it's, it's messy... But they, they just have to be better, and they can. That the, the silver lining is they can. The pessimistic point is they just haven't. So that's where we're at. It's almost it's hard to break down because it's like... These games don't matter. They're already they, the they ones... They do and they don't. They do and they don't. No, like in the sense like they don't count for really anything besides standing, but it matters in the sense of like how they carry themselves and like the things they do on the court. The wins and losses don't matter necessarily, but it's yeah. like you said, it's the small things, how they play. That's what matters. And right now, they have a little bit of stuff in that that's a little concerned. Yeah, it is. And and what's going to stink, I think the Wizards game is going to be a breeze no matter what, especially if Giannis can suit up. Um, the other guys are going to be a little tired. Cause I don't know how much Chris but... is going to play, considering he played like 25 minutes tonight. Yeah, I mean, maybe even give him the night. I just think it's going to – like the Wizards – I mean, I don't know. They're scrappy. The thing about the last two games, I think a lot of people are going to look and say the Bucks should breeze to 2-0 and record. And they should. I mean, they're better. But again, it's the same thing of like, if they're not amped up and like really ready to start running, these two young teams with a lot to prove. I mean, the Wizards, you'd think, wouldn't care. But like, they they're not playing eliminated. like Beal. They are eliminated, but they're not playing like Beal and Davis Bertans and Wall and these guys who have been around. Like, they're playing guys who want to prove they belong, like on that team mm-hmm. and in the league yeah, going in the forward. League. Yep. They're playing uh, for the their Grizzlies. Jobs. Yeah, they, they certainly are, and the Grizzlies are going to be playing for the almost certainly going to be playing to either keep or lose a playoff spot. I, I think it could be settled by then, but with how close all those teams are, they can. It, I think they can clinch a play-in spot uh, with a win with in general. One win, yep. yeah. But it's like I'd assume they want to keep the eight seed, so you only have to oh, win yeah. one rather than two. It's the most important like potential flip in the league. I mean, it's not going to matter overall because they're going to get pasted by the Lakers in round one, whoever wins. Oh, but no, but for sure, it's it matters the most out of any playoffs uh, seeding. Like, yeah, eight versus yeah, nine, just, winning one game to stay versus having to win two. That's just, that's insane. So the Grizzlies might have something to play for on, uh, what day is it? I think it's Saturday? Two, Thursday? The Wizards? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Thursday. Because the Wizards are tomorrow, Tuesday. Okay, so yeah. yeah. For some reason, I thought it was Wednesday. I thought there was a whole other game I was planning for. I, I don't, I don't. Again, it's, it's a, a Monday. Monday, man. It's a mo- it's, I'm super, I'm super Monday today. It's, it's been a very hard Monday. And everyone I talked to about this 
has agreed. I just think it's been a universally outside of Toronto, a universally tough Monday. It's and, the it's the I'm pressure glad. change from the storms. Oh, look at meteorologist Rohan on the case. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. Know, do you have Do you have anything else? I, I feel like I, I don't know. I, there's probably some other stuff we haven't gotten um, to, but I think overall, I feel like we've stated how we're feeling. Yeah, Marvin Williams didn't really have a massive impact on this game. Uh, he was yeah, a, I thought he was fun. He was a plus one in 20 minutes, but we already discussed that this plus minus was janky. It's um, good to see him hit threes. He was one for two from deep again. That's yeah. been one of the things I'm looking for with him. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, he's he's also been, uh, like I've said before, he's just really tenacious rebounder. Like, he always mm-hmm. finds the spots. He can get offensive rebounds at a higher clip than, I think, any buck besides Robin Lopez, probably. Uh, and Giannis. Offensive? Oh, Offensive. Uh yeah no he's probably he's probably right up there and I guess Urson has to be included oh for sure Urson Urson pads his own stats I swear <laughs> absolutely also Urson we've talked about this why is Urson playing against the Raptors our point was proven he was just filleted oh yeah no I mean he's just the the other thing too about this game like without Giannis and then when they lost Matthews right away is just they just had to play patently unathletic guys and the Raptors are very athletic and so like. When, whenever, and so Dante's turning the ball over, and now like Ursan Ilyasova and Brooke, uh, excuse me, Robin Lopez are trying to get back and like contest uh, an OG Ananobi or even a Chris Boucher who's a very athletic big. The athleticism tilted hard toward Toronto, and that made it even harder for Milwaukee, I think. But yeah, it's it was bad. Yeah. So yeah, Ursan, classic, not good minutes. Uh, somehow, oh, he was a minus eleven. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I. Thought DJ Wilson's plus three was somehow with her, and I was really about to not trust the plus minus. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, it was just it was a rough showing a bit. Uh, I feel like the bench scoring, bench three point shooting, is a little concerning as well. Um, outside of Kyle well, Korver, who went okay. five of six and, and from George three. Hill. Yeah, Kyle Korver, George Hill, they started to prove themselves. Like those are the two that you really want to get going. Uh, probably Marvin Williams as well, like you hinted at earlier. Him being a stretch four while also defending at a high level uh, is going to be massive. Uh, I still yeah. feel like the Bucks are trying to figure out how to use him a bit. Uh, He's he gets lost sometimes. He ends up in the wrong place and like literally bump in like Chris driving sometimes. I think they're still after he seemed like he was fitting in perfectly in the first couple games, and it might just be the whole team playing like doo doo, um, the scientific term there. But yeah, he's been he's been out of position and like just kind of bumping into guys. It's been very bizarre. Yeah, it's just it's the fit doesn't seem seamless yet. Like he doesn't completely know what he's doing. Like you just uh, like you just mentioned, um, it's just will that fit come soon? Like that again, maybe the Orlando series is the way to test things out. Like the we want to see the minutes where Giannis and uh, Marv are on the court at the same time, and that still hasn't happened as much as you'd want it to. Um, but just, just him fitting in, I feel like is another under the radar storyline that hasn't, you know, really panned out well, like he's showing good signs, like I mentioned earlier, but it's just like, you don't have that seamless fit yet. No, you don't. But I will say just the Ben, I think this was actually an encouraging game for the Ben shooting, which has been more of a concern. So George Hill, Marvin Williams, Kyle Korver, and Pat Condon combined to shoot 12 for... Math is not my strong suit, people, but I think 22, 12 for 22. So that's above 50%. Pat weighs it down a little bit. Technically, he started tonight, but obviously he's going to be uh, coming off the bench. So, I mean, if those guys are shooting more than 40%, though, 
that's really good for the Bucks. That's you'll certainly take that. So this was a plus for that. The only guy on the bench who's actually expected to play who didn't shoot well was Dante, who just has done nothing well. But outside of him, the guys did make some shots. Everybody made at least two, except Marv, who only shot two and made one. So solid there. That's again, if you're looking for a little bit of optimism, the bench is starting to hit some threes. That's good. That's something. Yeah, it is something. You're gonna need that. <laughs> Uh, come the postseason, I say I say that a lot, and we're going to need this come the postseason. But winning a championship is difficult. It takes a lot, man. It takes, you need it more takes than one everything or two to go right for yeah. a team to win a title. Um, so you need these things to. You can't really have any weaknesses, um, any big weak, glaring weaknesses. So that's why we're being super hard on this team because this team is built to win a championship. Yeah, no, that's the that's the bar. I mean, like the floor for reasonable expectations is, is getting out of the East. Yeah, yeah the floor you is the finals. Out of the East. If you don't get to the finals, it's a disappointment. Yeah, I agree. So that's why we have to be so scrutinized. We're not Bucks haters. We obviously love the Bucks. Um, we we don't want to see this team fail. We're not pointing out things that you know, uh, because they they're obvious or anything. We we see this because. We're pointing it out because these uh, these are the things that need to be fixed if this team wants to reach its ultimate goal. Correct. I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else that we need to mention on this pod? I think that's it. Hopefully everybody's healthy who slipped and fell on this stupid wet floor game that they probably should have just canceled altogether. Yeah, just uh, yeah, like we started off the show. Why, why play the game? It's very dumb. It's, I mean, it, unless, like, unless they fix the problem entirely... Uh, which again, we didn't really get any follow up, which is kind of bizarre. But that's—I mean, Usually we're in this weird bubble environment. It, they? You think at least? Because it was I mean, like I guess it's, they're, a, it's an evening game. I mean, they're on like this strict timetable right now. We're trying to get the playoffs going. I don't know. Like, considering there's literally no impact toward anything from playing or not playing this game, like no result changes anything about seeding or whatever. I mean, I'm just cancel it if there's no way to reschedule it. Like, I don't think anyone cares or that even much. Just like wait, like delay the game yeah, by like an hour. an hour. No, that would have been a bummer for me in my sleep, but I would have accepted it for player safety. Yes, player um, safety. <laughs> sleep is good, but uh, player safety is better. Um, but yeah, it's a weird two things to rank. But I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Monday. It's a Monday time. It's um, a, you're correct. Okay, so if that's it, uh, I will. We eh, wow. Uh, I'll say thank you for listening to this uh, Monday edition of the Eurostep, very Monday edition of the Eurostep. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please tell your family and friends about it. Make sure you're telling everyone you know about how great the Eurostep is if you did enjoy the show. Uh, also, if you want to go above and beyond, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast podcast platform of choice. Wow. Um, make sure you're checking out all the great content being put out across the Blue Wire Network. Make sure you're staying safe out there, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. We will after a quick word from betonline.ag, folks. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite team and events. Although you might not want to bet on the Bucks, maybe on the Bucks games, but not on the Bucks for the rest of these bubble games. Who knows? Uh, Major League Baseball is back in action. There's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And, of course, you guys all know about Fandemic. With the return of sports, 
BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans and more in that Fandemic series. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That is promo code BLUEWIRE. Go win some money, folks, with BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And like Rohan said so eloquently, we will talk to you next time.